Welcome back to TD Garden in Boston, where the score after two periods of play, it is fifth seed UMass Lowell nothing and second seed Merrimack nothing. Mike back with John Leahy here, and joining us in the second edition now, it's Mike McMahon from the Eagle Tribune and themacreport.com as well, www.themacreport.com. Uh, Call Talking Insider, NeutralZone.net, Call Talking News, and, and so on. Well, Mike, 0 0 here at the end of two periods of play. Uh, it's 9 28 at night. You don't have anything to do until about midnight, right? Yeah, well, unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't been on a deadline all year uh, with the way that the timing has worked out with the Tribune, but I am on a deadline tonight. So, well, I am unless we blow past that like we did last Saturday, which we did. So, uh, I, if, if we go a little bit later, you know, knock on wood, I, I'm okay with a little extra time to get my stuff in. <laughs> Uh, Merrimack's had more than enough chances in which to take a lead in this game, out shooting Lowell 22 to seven. But it's not just the shots. I mean, uh, opportunities. Of course, a breakaway. Mick Mesner had a breakaway, a two-on-one opportunity that they had with uh, Ben Brar and, and Christian Felton, um, not able to get on the board. Uh, some chances, four shots, I think, during the, the only power play that they've had so far. They've had more than enough chances in order to get a, in which to get on the board. Have we reached the point now here where you say, you know, you? Two periods of play, you, you've had the better of the play. That's when you needed to get a goal. Can they still keep come out and keep this going in the third? I think so. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think that the the past dictates the future all too much. Uh, you know, it depends. I mean, you got to give credit to Greigles. He's played really well, especially on a couple of those saves in the power play. There was one in particular where the puck came across the crease, and it was like, wow, he got over there quick. Uh, and, of course, you know, Lowell does what it does best, which is pack it in. You can kind of see here, like, Lowell doesn't have a ton of skill on their roster, which we saw a few weeks ago when Merrimack played Lowell. Uh, it's not that they're holding on, but they're a counterpunch team this year. Like, they're not going to want to go up and down the sheet. They only get seven shots on goal through two periods. It's very much a wait for Merrimack to make a mistake, and we're going to try to counterpunch, which they've been able to do a couple of times, especially early in the game. But, but you know, Merrimack, I thought, needed to survive the first couple of minutes. They were able to do that, you know, get the off factor out of the way. Uh, and now it's it's just looked like a hockey game. It's looked a ho- like a hockey game that we kind of expected, just two teams that play very similar uh, slugfesting it out you know, in the, in the middle of the ice and not let the other team get there very much. It's looking also an awful lot like the first game that was played here, the first semifinal where Providence was out shooting BU by a similar type of margin. Of course, BU was the higher seed and uh, you know, it was kind of a shocker that that was happening while Merrimack is the higher seed here, so maybe not so much of a surprise in this game, but still, that was one where Providence had the much better the play for the vast majority of the game and uh, they weren't able to get more than a one nothing lead. BU was finally able to tie it late and then win in overtime, it feels like. I mean, certainly the more we go on here, the more that the first goal becomes important. It could end up being the only goal. But oh, yeah. uh, it feels like this is something where, okay, now third period. What what do you do here in a third period where you're in a close game like this, a tie game, um, especially we have so much on the line? Yeah, it's weird. You know, they have, obviously haven't scored a goal yet, but I don't know that you want to change much if you're Merrimack. I mean, they've, they've had plenty of chances. you got to think the, the law of averages are at some point one of these pucks are going to go in. Or you're just facing a team where just, you know, sometimes it happens where luck's on your side. I mean, we've seen it happen before. There was a game last weekend, uh, I, I don't know, was it North Dakota in one of their games in the NCHC? There was a game last weekend where a team won a playoff game, and, and I know the shot total was like 41-13. to 13. They got outshot 41-13 to 13, won the game. Like, sometimes that just happens. You hope that's not one of those nights for Merrimack here, but, uh, you know, sometimes I don't think you want to change much because they have had the better of the play. I think you just want to keep doing what you're doing and, and hope that at some point the puck goes in the net. Let's talk about pairwise implications. We're uh, halfway through Friday's games here. There are only 
Only three of the leagues actually had semifinals, and uh, that is the ECAC, Hockey East here, obviously, and the NCHC. And the early games are over in, uh, in those. Colgate upset Quinnipiac, uh, top seed Quinnipiac, in double overtime. So Colgate is one of those teams that could steal a bid if they were to win the ECAC. Uh, Colorado College upset Denver uh, in the NCAC. That is another team that could steal a bid if Colorado College were to win the NCAC tournament. Um, and the only favorite then that won was Boston University by a hair, 2-1 in overtime over Providence. So uh, where does that leave Merrimack? Where are they at at this point? It all depends on what happens tonight with uh, with North Dakota, who's currently top. So we knew going into tonight that if, if the final in Hockey East tomorrow was Providence and Lowell, Merrimack would have been out because it would have meant that Merrimack lost to Lowell. It also would have meant that the cut line would have moved up to 14 because Providence and Lowell would have been a winner from outside of, of, a, of the qualifying threshold, right? And that is but without even taking any other results into account. Yes, yes exactly. So uh, that... In, in a backdoor way, this, the very same situation can still happen in the NCHC. Uh, so if Merrimack were to lose to Lowell in this game, they drop to 15. Colorado College has already won. North Dakota, if they win the second NCHC semifinal, again, that moves the cut line just like a Providence-Lowell final would have done. Because Colorado that, College or North Dakota, one of those teams is guaranteed to win the NCHC tomorrow. That's if North Dakota wins today. And then either of those teams, they're, they're, they're outside the top 16. So they, they would take a bit away from a team in the top 16 and drop the cut line. Exactly. And Merrimack would be, in, it would be guaranteed 15th, essentially, if they don't win this game. So that's where they wouldn't be able to, to move up to 14th at that point. Uh, it, it's, I, I didn't really talk about that scenario coming into the weekend very much because I didn't think it was a very likely scenario. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I did not think Colorado... I thought North Dakota could win. I thought, I thought North Dakota had a chance to win that league. Uh, I did not think Colorado College would have beaten Denver. So that's why like, it, we, we talked more about a potential Providence Lowell final because I thought that was just more realistic than, than Colorado College beating Denver. Yet here we are and it, it looks like that might actually be the case. So what though? Mabarak is a pretty good goaltender at CC so maybe maybe not so much of a surprise. You know, it's interesting because I think I think they were one of the teams last week that the, the one I was just talking about that got outshot heavily like 40 to 13 or something and still won a game in the, in the quarter. Well against Denver a couple of weeks ago so maybe we should have seen it coming. They did. They did. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of like that Lowell Providence style too. I mean, Chris Mayock coached in the league before, so it shouldn't be a very big surprise, but they just kind of locked Denver down. I, I watched a big chunk of that game during the first Hockey East game, too. Denver didn't play very well at all. I mean, Denver, honestly, Denver played like a team that knew it had its, its bid locked up, and uh, I think the shots, you know, late in the third period were 18-15. Like, Denver almost got nothing going. Uh, but give credit to Colorado College, too. They didn't really allow them to get much going in that game, either. So that's kind of the situation. Merrimack wins the game tonight. They're in okay shape going into tomorrow. The fact that, that CC and Colgate and possibly North Dakota could win, two of them already have, means that you know they're not guaranteed anything if they win the game tonight. Whereas there was a possibility if everything fell their way and they won this game tonight, they could have been guaranteed a berth tomorrow no matter what. That won't be the case because Colorado, Colorado College and Colgate are still going to be alive. Uh, and Northern Michigan is still alive in the CCHA. Now, if they if they lose this game, though, they are almost certainly going to be eliminated if North Dakota wins the, the other semifinal in the NCHC. If they don't, if Merrimack doesn't win this game and North Dakota loses to St. Cloud State, they have a very slim chance, but they almost need every favorite to win them all. You know, it's interesting, right? Because all of this stuff, you've been talking about it all week, we've been talking about it, and, and you know, there's so much to it, right? But then, I, I just come back to one simple thing, which is that this Merrimack's been in the league for 34 years. They haven't won a Hockey East championship. 
time to go out and win it. This might be their best chance. Yeah, and, and look, obviously, if you do that, there's no there's no issues, right? You don't have to get nothing to worry about at that point. So, but it's like, don't even you know, we can talk about it. I, I doubt that the players, that the coaches, are no. even thinking about it because no. they're here. They'd like to win that hockey's championship. I, I doubt it's even come up among players and coaches this week. No, it's something for for us to talk about and kind of analyze and look at and determine. Okay, what are the chances? What if this happens? What, as far as they're concerned, they have two games to win this week, and I'm, I'm sure that's the case. All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Writing for the Tribune tonight, right? Yes. Yeah, right, folks. Check out his work tomorrow in the Eagle Tribune. Some nice uh, pieces by him this week, as well as Bill Burt. Uh, some good stuff on Merrimack hockey. Uh, thanks again, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon, hopefully. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks. Maybe tonight. I was going to say, yeah, well, maybe in a minute, about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. We'll see. All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. The score after two periods. It's Merrimack nothing, UMass goal nothing. Hockey East semifinals from the TD Garden in Boston. Back with more after this. This is Warrior Hockey.